The following program contains mature content matter. Listener discretion is advised. Since the dawn of time, the world has been plagued by demons and monsters, cloaked by the night and shadows. However, humanity found out about these creatures and sent out brave men and women to defend their homelands. These are the Tales of the Monster Hunters. Previously on Tales of the Monster Hunters. Is that a female zombie? Really? Did you think there were only male zombies? I am not going back! <sighs> I was ready to impale my blade into her head, but then it spoke. What if this one was created? Who could be behind creating something like this? Decamento. Decamento Pharmaceuticals? Seriously? Dio, I found her. Huh? Oi, oi, oh, you find the who? Huh? The zombie, Dio. I found the zombie. Our story begins as Bruno, Pat, and Reggie are riding along in Victor Talbot's cab towards Fantastic Alley. In the front seat, Bruno is brooding, while Reggie is all smiles in the back seat of the cab. This is going to be great, Pat. I love to bowl. That, Reggie, is because you are a pinhead. Funny you say that. It's what the guys on my bowling team call me. You're on a bowling team? Didn't you wonder why I wasn't working on Tuesday nights? Look at that. I didn't even realize you weren't around. <laughs> Bruno sighs very loud. Is someone going to tell me what is wrong with the Dark Knight? He's been brooding since I picked you all up. Eh... He doesn't want to go bowling. I am not going to wear those disease-infected shoes they make you wear is one of the reasons. The other reasons? I'm not putting my hands on any balls that have been in the hands of God knows how many other people. You do realize they spray those shoes air, don't you? That spray does not disinfect, Talbot. It just incubates the germs. Well, since Felix Unger does not want to bowl, I'll take his place. You bowl? Why, just because I drive a cab, you don't think I can bowl? Um, uh, you, you just didn't strike me like the uh, bowling type, that's all. Nice save. Oh, good, Talbot can be on my team. Were you not listening, Dumbo? We can't play teams if Bruno isn't playing. Can't Bautista play with us, Pat? I don't know about that, Reggie. You better ask Pat if Spaniards know how to bowl. Hey, Reggie, why don't you ask Fucklips over there about the incident that happened last week when he got into the shower with me? <laughs> what? You showered with your brother? I was in a rush, and Slowpoke was taking a sweet time in the shower. But you were in the same shower together. I was in and out so fast. It was like when Pat has sex. It was like I was never there. Oh, really? Did you forget to mention about the time when you dropped the soap and you were down on your hands and knees looking for it? Huh? There was soap in my eyes, and Pat wasn't offering to bend over and pick it up. Sugarcoat it all you want. You would never catch me, no matter how late I was, if you were my brother jumping in the shower with you. If I ever began to swing that way, and you jumped in the shower with me, I'd never be tempted by you. Are you saying I'm not good enough for you? To quote the late, great Meatloaf, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, son of a bitch, I'm gonna pop him, Pat. Can we please keep our hands on the wheel and our shoulders on straight? He didn't mean any disrespect, Talbot. Did you fucking disgraciado? Now apologize to Talbot now! I'm not gonna apologize because I don't find him attractive. Oh, you wanker. Reggie, reach under my seat and get my gun. Hold on a minute, Talbot. Let me ask you something before you go all New Jack City on him. Okay. Have you ever valued Bruno's opinion? Ever? No. So why are you now? <sighs> Fine, I'll leave Clippy under the seat. Clippy? 
Clippy? <laughs> Please don't tell me you named your Glock. Of course I did. Don't you have a name for your gun? No, I didn't name my gun because I'm not insane. I'm not insane. You just don't understand the appeal between a man and his gun. That special appeal would explain why you're driving us to a bowling alley on Saturday night instead of being out with a woman. This is so sad. Bruno's right. Now there's two words I'd never thought I'd hear you say in a sentence. It's Saturday night, and instead of being out on a booty call, I'm out with you three on a zombie call. Don't be down, Talbot. Just think of all the hot chicks at a bowling alley on a Saturday night. Bruno now looks at Pat and rolls his eyes. Who knows, Talbot? Maybe you'll bowl a turkey. Talbot frowns as the cab continues onward while Bruno looks at Pat and they both smile back at each other. Five minutes later, they have arrived at Pentastic Alley and parked. Pat steps out of the car, as do the others, and stretches before he turns and faces everyone. Okay, guys. Bautista's already reserved a lane. So what we're going to do is we're going to go inside... Pretend like we're bowling, and we're going to keep an eye on that zombie. Understood? Have fun bowling. I ain't going in there. Why not? We already know that you're not going to do any bowling, Mr. OCD. I can't be seen in a bowling alley on a Saturday night. Unlike you peasants, I have a reputation to protect. Are you kidding me right now? Listen to me, Pat. This works out better. I'll hang outside just in case the zombie is able to slip by all your eagle eyes. Pat groans, knowing it is pointless to argue then begins to walk off with the others. How is hanging out in the car park of a bowling alley any different from hanging out inside the bowling alley on a Saturday night? I try not to ask those questions anymore. Once they step inside, they are immediately greeted by Bautista. Amigos. Bautista! What is your brother? Fuck, who cares? And who is this? This is our friend Victor Talbot. But everybody, you know, just calls him Talbot. Talbot, Bautista. Nice to meet you. You too, amigo. Any sign of our zombie friend? No. Well, all right then. Let's head over to that lane he reserved for us. We'll try and do some bowling and see if we can keep an eye out for that zombie. Hold up, Pat. How'd you get a glimpse of it the first time, Bautista? I spilled some water on the floor. So if making a spill was what it took the first time, why not do it again? I tried, amigo, but another concierge came out to clean the spill. Then we better hope that she's still here. The four walk towards the counter to get their shoes and are greeted by Rachel, who looks directly at Reggie and smiles at him. Hey, Reggie. I didn't know your team was bowling tonight. Oh, they're not. I'm just here with my friends to get some practice in. Well, you know what they say, practice makes perfect. Rachel gets everyone's shoe sizes and goes to retrieve their shoes and quickly returns. She's cute, huh? Huh? She's cute, huh, Reggie? You hockey puck? Huh? You ever think of asking her in? We're just friends. You ever heard of uh, friends with benefits? Here you go, guys. Have fun. Thanks, Rachel. I don't get it, Reggie. Why not? Maybe he thinks his mum will get mad at him. (laughs) As they begin to walk away, Bautista stops and then goes back to the counter. Excuse me. Yes? But is Rhonda still working? She is. I'm pretty sure she's on her break. Do you want me to get someone to get her for you? Oh no, it's okay. We wanted to surprise her, it's all. Okay, but if you change your mind, just have Reggie come back and let me know. Well? I believe she may have a thing for Reggie. Not that! What about the zombie? I asked her if Rhonda was still there. Rhonda? Who the hell is Rhonda? The zombie. You named her. No, it was the name on her name tag. What did she say? She was on her break. Wow, who would ever thought about it? 
It's all means to work and take breaks. Zombies that work harder than my brother, I bet you. Outside, Bruno is leaning against Talbot's cab, watching an X-rated video on his phone while people filter out of the building. Glancing forward, Bruno sighs, then goes back to watching the two women on his phone, wondering how long this is going to take. Excuse me, sir? Bruno looks up from his phone and is surprised to see a woman standing there who was slightly taller than him, who has long curly black hair with brown eyes and pouty lips, wearing a red top with black capris and blue low-cut pumas. As Bruno sizes her up from top to bottom, he begins to think she was poured into her clothes. Sir? Oh, uh, yes. What can I do to, I mean, do for you? Me and my girlfriend had a fight and she took off on me. So I saw you in this cab. I don't mean interrupt. When you say girlfriend, do you mean as in girlfriend, girlfriend, or friend, girlfriend? Friend. Good to know. Continue. Elena looks at Bruno a moment before she continues. Well... As I was saying, I saw you in the cab and was hoping you would be able to drive me home. Sorry, um, what did you say your name was? Elena. Sorry, this is not my cab. It belongs to my friend, who at the moment is inside Boeing with the Three Stooges. <laughs> Do you think he would mind giving me a ride home after he is done? I'm sure it would not be a problem. I just know how long they're going to be. Oh, that's okay. I'm in no rush. Do you mind if I wait with you? Why not? I'm sure I can stand your company if you can stand mine. <laughs> so, why are you out here and not inside bowling? Not begging the whole bowling thing or wearing shoes other people have worn. Now, that's exactly the reason why me and my girlfriend were fighting. I refused to wear those dirty shoes, no matter if they were sprayed before or after. Wow, thank you. You don't know how it makes me feel to hear you say that. Ugh. And don't get me started on having to touch those balls. My God, I know. Can you imagine how many hands those balls have been in? <laughs> You're funny, Bruno. It's a gift. So, if you don't mind me asking, if you weren't here tonight, what would you be doing right now? Inside, Talbot watches the ball as it rolls straight down the middle of the lane, crashing into the pins and knocking them all down for his fourth strike in a row. See that, ladies? That's how a cabbie gets it done. Pat begins to clap slowly as he gets to his feet and looks up at the score. Wow, very impressive, cabbie. Can I call you that, cabbie? Pat walks over, picks up the ball, and then looks at Talbot as he throws the ball, which rolls straight down the lane, making a strike. Look, look, my eyes are closed. Was that another strike for me? Was it a strike? I can't see anything. It sounded like a strike. Meanwhile, Batista, who is continuing to scan the alley from right to left, sees Rhonda wheeling a cart with toilet paper on it. He gets to his feet and rushes towards Pat and Talbot as Reggie is about to bowl. Amigos, I see her. She's about to go into the washroom. As the four walk away from their lane, they begin to walk towards the washroom and see the cart with toilet paper just outside the entrance to the women's washroom. Well, this isn't going to be awkward at all. Are we even sure she's in there? Of course she's in there. When caretakers are about to enter the women's washroom, they always have to call out to make sure it's empty. That's only if she's a male janitor, which she is not. Uh, what's the difference? Fuck, do you really need me to explain to you the difference between a female and a male? Oh, Dios mío. Come on, Reggie. Batista and Reggie now walk off into the washroom while Talbot and Pat hang back. We'll keep an eye out here. Inside the washroom, it seems to be empty. Batista walks towards the three stalls and looks under the first one that is empty. 
then walks towards the second one that is also empty. Ahead of him is the handicap stall, and he turns to look at Reggie and looks down and sees Rhonda's legs. She's inside. Reggie watches as Bautista draws his gun from the inside of his pants and motions Reggie to stand back as he approaches the door and slowly opens it. As the door opens, Rhonda throws a host of toilet paper rolls at Bautista and bursts past him. She runs towards the door, throwing more rolls at Reggie, sending him confused to the floor. At the door, she runs straight into Talbot, knocking him and Pat to the floor. Oh, oh bugger. As they both sit up, they see Rhonda, who has begun to sit up, as a small crowd has now gathered before them. It's her! Uh, you think? Rhonda gets to her feet and pushes through the small crowd as Bautista and Reggie run out of the washroom and look down at the two. That way, hurry! She headed for the exit! Bautista and Reggie run off as Talbot and Pat get to their feet, then run off after them. Once they have reached outside, they run into the parking lot, slowing up to look for Rhonda with no success. Pat and Talbot walk towards them as Bautista shakes his head. I don't see her. Damn, that zombie moved quick. Should it be able to move that fast? No zombie should have. But the better question is, where the fuck is Bruno? He should have intercepted her when she came out of the exit. Maybe he's chasing after it as we speak. Maybe. The four begin to walk towards Talbot's cab and then stop when they see the cab and notice the windows are all fogged up and it is rocking up and down. What in God's name is going on in there? No, 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 Talbot! Don't go knocking if the cabs are rocking! No! Batista walks up next to Talbot and puts his arm on his shoulders as Batista turns his head to look at him. Suena como pasión loca en ese coche. You do know I don't understand Spanish, right? Pat, look! Suddenly they see Rhonda beginning to walk towards them with her arms raised in the air. Batista draws his gun as Rhonda nears and stops in front of them. Please, lower your weapon. I'm not here to fight with you. Why shouldn't we end you? You tried to end me and my brother. Why have you suddenly decided to surrender? Because I'm tired of running, Bautista. You know his name? What the... You tend to know the name of the man who was pursuing you. Where do I begin? Why don't you start with Dicamento? Well, I have a question before he begins. Is Rhonda your real name? Everyone looks at Pat. Well, it's an honest question, unless she wants us to call her a zombie or it. I don't know. Yes. Rhonda is my name. Great. Carry on. What did Dicamento do to you? I was on vacation with my friends in Buenos Aires two months ago. One night, I met this woman in a bar. Rhonda sits at a bar beside a tall Spanish woman, multiple empty glasses in front of them. So, you want to come back to my place? Sure. Let me just tell my friends not to wait up. A limo meets the two women at the front of the club. Whoa, impressive. Oh, that's nothing. Rhonda feels a sharp pain in the back of her neck and looks behind her to see a man with a syringe. Oh, I bet it was something in that needle that knocked you out. Rhonda and the others turn to look at Reggie. Reggie, when that little voice in your head tells you to speak, do us a favor and do what we do. Ignore it. When I woke up, I found myself strapped to a gurney and I saw the walls of god-awful green, like an operating room. The door slid open and two orderlies, along with two nurses, followed by a bald man, walk into the room. Oh, good. You're awake. We can begin. Let me go, you piece of shit! Oh, 
You're not going anywhere. One of the orderlies walked over and jabbed the end of the needle into Rhonda's vein. When he was done, he smiled, then looked at his watch, and walked out of the room. Some time later, Rhonda wakes to the doctor standing at the side of her gurney, looking down at her. You're gonna have to burn that cab, you know that, right, Talbot? With your brother inside it. Caballeros, por favor, dejen de interrumpir. Continua. What have you done? My voice. Why do I sound like this? What have you done to me? Impossible. You should not be able to speak. The doctor stepped away from the gurney and pulled out a micro recorder. Specimen 9. Defective. Wait! Wait, please, what's going to happen to me? Take her away! The two orderlies wheeled Rhonda out of the room, then began to wheel her all the way down the hall, stopping outside the furnace room. The other orderly opened the door and watched while Rhonda was wheeled inside. How is it possible he's still going at it? Fuck, that's nothing. Try being in the room next to him when he's trying to get it on. Really, guys? Sorry. Sorry, continue. That furnace is never going to be able to burn my body. No, it will. As long as it's burning around 1400 to 2000 degrees Fahrenheit. The orderly in front of the furnace told the orderly to wheel Rhonda towards him, which he began to do. Please, you don't have to do this. The orderly began to unstrap Rhonda's legs when suddenly the other orderly jabbed a small needle into the man's neck. What? What are you doing? Rhonda watched the orderly drag towards the open furnace and shoved inside. You saved me. You must go now. Not until you tell me what that bastard did to me. Now, what am I going to tell Persuade about the cab? Easy. Just tell him that two hobos broke in and had a sex party in the back of your cab all night long. That's not bad, actually. Right? Right? Por favor, ustedes dos, dejen que ella termine. I think he just wants you two to keep quiet so Rhonda can finish. Look at you! Not a grasp for the English language, yet a master of the Spanish one. Pat, por favor. Yeah, Reggie, shut up. I do not know exactly what it was the doctor did to you. Where are we? You are inside the headquarters of DeCemento. DeCemento? We must go now. The orderly led Rhonda further into the room and stopped in front of a manhole cover. This is your only way out of the building. Once you climb down into the sewer, you will walk east for 15 minutes. That will take you back into the city. Man, that must have been pretty shitty having to walk along that sewer for so long. Really, Pat? This hombre did not tell you why the doctor did what he did to you? No. Okay, great. So we got the smoking gun here. We take Rhonda to the newspapers and show them what the hell Decamento's up to. It would be her word against theirs. Do you think they'd believe you? Are you kidding me? Look at her! She looks like shit! No offense, man. None taken. I agree with Palmadita. This is the smoking gun we need. At that moment, they hear the door to the cab open, and Bruno gets out of the back seat, pulling his shirt down over his head, then looks over to where they all are. Holy shit, good job, guys. You caught the fucker. You little pecker. You had sex in the back seat of my cab. How could you do that? It was a matter of statistics, Victor. What? the hell are you talking about? The woman I had sex with was Spanish. So? I weighed my chances the next time I would be in a position to have sex with a Spanish woman. And, statistically speaking, I had to do it. But you screwed her in the back of my cab, you man whore. And look at that, you screwed us as well by not keeping watch like we told you to. What's the big deal? You got her, didn't you? 
looks Rhonda up and down. As soon as we can put a bullet in her brain. We're not killing Rhonda. You named it? Primo, let me bring you up to speed. Batista brings Bruno up to speed on everything they have learned, then looks at Pat. Are you hungry? What? How can you be hungry after everything you just heard? You're inhuman. I'm always hungry after sex. Sue me. That's it. I'm getting clippy. Talbot is about to walk off when he sees the back door open. Elena now gets out of the car, and as she walks around the cab, they see that she is armed with a small caliber gun with a silencer as she begins to walk towards them. I always knew the day would come when you would finally offend the wrong woman, Bruno. It's her. It's her. Her who? The woman I met at the bar in Buenos Aires. Man, small world. Huh, Pat? Ugh, you seriously can't be this stupid. Hello again, Rhonda. Decamento sends its regards. I'm not coming back with you, so you might as well shoot me. Oh, I never intended to bring you back. Suddenly, Elena fires at Rhonda, striking her straight in the forehead as she goes crashing to the ground. Everyone looks on in shock as Rhonda, then at Elena, who is looking down towards Rhonda. You killed her. Do you think so, Reggie? Maybe we should check her pulse. Decamento will never get away with this. Oh, are you sure? Because in a few minutes, any proof you have will have melted away. Why do they melt away when you uh, shoot or kill them? Oh, company secrets, sweetheart. I can't tell you that. So what are you going to do now? Kill all of us? No, you have no proof. And if you did try to expose Decamento, do you really think anyone would believe any of you? Bruno nudges Pat. Damn, she's hot, huh? Pat looks at his brother and shakes his head. <laughs> Gentlemen, I would like to thank all of you for leading Rhonda to me and making my job that much easier. Have a good night. Elena begins to walk towards the SUV that is pulled up and stopped just ahead when she stops by Bruno, looks at him, and then kisses him again before she walks off. They all watch as Elena approaches the SUV, then gets in. Once the SUV has driven off, they turn to look at Rhonda, who has now begun to dissolve. So this night was all for nothing. Your smoking gun is now a smoking mess. You have no idea why they even turned that poor woman into a zombie. And worst of all, who knows how many of the monsters out there they are responsible for. It is a setback, that is for sure, amigo. But Dicamento must be stopped. Didn't you hear Jabutana? She just told you nobody's gonna believe the little guy, not us. Dicamento's too big, too powerful. Who do you think they're gonna side with, us or them? Then we will make them believe us. Unless you got another zombie or some kind of monster that you can connect to them, then you know what we got? Shit. Then we must find a monster that they are responsible for. And just how are we supposed to do that? Isn't like there's a big stamp on their ass that says property of decamental. There is always proof if you look hard enough, mi primo. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Either way, I'm not going out of a way to find proof that does not exist, just like I'm not about to risk body and soul to go out to decamental. Tonight we got lucky. It was Elena who spared our lives. Next time, it might be someone else, and we all end up underground next to Rhonda, minus the melting. I am certain, Tio. Your grandfather would agree with me about decamental. Then the old man can help you. Pad, you agree with me, Primo. Do you not? I'm sorry, Bautista, but as much as I hate to say it, Bruno's right. This is a fight that could end really, really bad for all of us. I can't believe what I'm hearing right now. You're all giving up? 
don't think of it as giving up, but more like wait and see. You know, all these big corporations eventually make a mistake. We just gotta be content with that fact, and when it happens, we'll be able to bring them down. So I must be patient? Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, amigo. Patience is not one of my stronger suits. Continue the good fight, mis primos and mis amigos. I am going after Dicamento. Are you sure about this, Batista? This is gonna end bad. And it's dangerous. <laughs> Have no worries, mi primo. All will be well. And all will be better in the world once Dicamento has been stopped and exposed for what they are and what they have been doing. Bit dramatic, don't you think? You know no one who's gonna want to hear from you on a regular basis to make sure you're okay. You know, keep them up to date on the progress and everything. Have no worries. I will not keep my tío wandering or worrying. Be safe, mate. I'm gonna want to see you again. For sure, amigo. Hope to see you sooner rather than later. You will. Everyone turns to look at Bruno. <sighs> Don't go and get yourself killed before I see you again. Be careful or else my nonny will kill you himself. Of course. If you see Elena again, have her call me. Batista smiles at everyone, then turns and begins to walk off in the opposite direction. You think he'll be okay? <laughs> of course he will. People in this family are too stubborn to die. Is anyone else hungry? You're really hungry after what just happened. No, I'm hungry after having sex. Sex you had in my car, you cock. Hey, if it's any consolation, those seats are super comfy. No, that isn't any consolation. Then I got nothing. Hey, Reggie, get us an Uber. We're going to Smitty's. But I'm not hungry. That's okay. You're still paying. Can you believe these guys, Pat? Where are you going? Hmm, all this talk I... About pancakes sure's made me hungry. Unbelievable. Talbot watches as the three continue to walk off, then sees Bruno stop and looks back at him. You coming? Reggie is treating. <sighs> Damn him, now I'm hungry for pancakes too. Talbot begins to walk off unaware that two hobos have waited patiently for them to leave, then begin to walk towards his cab. Thank you for listening to Tales of the Monster Hunters Podcast Volume 1, Issue 12. Pins and Misses. Created by Antonio and Enzo Ferrara. Directed and produced by Antonio and Enzo Ferrara. Cover art by Enzo Ferrara. Written by Antonio Ferrara. This issue start Enzo Ferrara as Pat. Antonio Ferrara as Bruno. Paul Cairns as Reggie. Ashley Tyler as Rhonda. Roberta Jackson as Elena. Val Chia as Rachel. Pablo Lopez as Bautista. Nicholas Sykes as Orderly. Tao Harris as Talbot. Brock Overbay as Doctor. And Alexander Ferrara as Orderly. Narrated by Alan Chambers. Editing and music by Alexander Ferrara. Coming on Monday, August 21st, 2023. Tales of the Monster Hunters Podcast, Volume 1, Annual 1. Training Day. This presentation of Tales of the Monster Hunters Podcast has been brought to you by Giant Monster Productions. Copyright 2023. To contact Giant Monster Productions, email them at giantmonsterprod at hotmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at GiantMonsterPro and on Instagram at Tales of the Monster Hunters. If you have enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, please subscribe, like, and favorite so you never miss an episode.